I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, October 22, 2019. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have market movement. We have stuff to discuss. There are nuances out there. This may be a reversal candle. We came up short today of a very important price. Does that mean weakness or will they go back and get it another day? We're going to talk about all this stuff a whole lot more too. I'm going to cover a bunch of different charts. I got several requests from what I said in last night's video. You gave me the names. We're going to go over the charts. We'll take a look at a smattering of stocks and exchange traded funds couple of different sectors. We'll cover the pot stocks. It'll be a nice change. Let's get back in our lane and let's discuss what happened in the S&P today in and around the other markets. The first question is, is this a reversal candle? Well, it sort of qualifies for a reversal candle. However, I would have liked to seen the close below yesterday's low. So yesterday's low is 298.94 and today's close is 299.01. That's not an accident nor a coincidence. They had an opportunity to close below yesterday's low. They didn't do it. The low today was 298.91. What's also interesting is those traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will be able to identify the reason why. And it's not the reason why the market turned, but it's the reason why we're not surprised the market turned. Time was on our side. Time is more important than price. And today happened to be a very important time zone. What's also interesting is they really should have and neglected to fill the gap up above. Which gap am I discussing? The gap at 301.08. We were on this early. However, I really did believe that they were going to go up and fill the gap. The market was creeping. Remember from last night's title, beware of creeping markets. We didn't discuss it last night, but I certainly discussed it this morning for Inside the Numbers members. Creeping markets aren't necessarily the healthiest market under the sun. So the SPY today made a high of 300.90. Remember that gap was 301.08. That's a near miss by only 18 cents and the market turns around, heads back in the other direction in a pretty big way, relatively speaking. The question is... What's next? Is this going to be a death sentence for the market? Is this akin to a federal emergency? Well, we're still above what? 297. We're above all the moving averages. That's good news, bad news. The good news is, for the bulls that is, we're above all the moving averages and technically speaking, there's nothing wrong with the market. We're attempting to reach the highs one more time. The bulls out there They're not going to necessarily think too much about a market that was down one half of 1%, $1.64 on a $300 market. It's not a big deal. Nobody's paying attention. However, I'm paying attention. You're paying attention. And here's what we've got on the docket. They'll blame the reversal today on Brexit. That's fair enough. It doesn't really matter which reason the media wants to assign. That was the convenient turnaround time. 
the Brexit vote happened or something happened or a delay of a vote or a non-delay of a vote. I don't really know exactly what's going on with Brexit. I didn't really research it too much. I really wasn't paying too much attention. The charts will generally let you know what's going on. But here's what we have from a technical perspective. A, we're going to call today a reversal candle. It really should have closed below yesterday's low, but I'm calling it a reversal candle. It's a reversal. We had a reversal intraday. It doesn't really matter what you call it. The market was higher and it finished lower. That's a reversal. There's a lot of traders out there that will post things under the video and they'll assign names to the type of candle that exists today. I'm anxious to see what kind of names come out today. They have names like Hanging Man, Dark Shadow, Gravestone Reversal, Moonstone Reversal, Sandstone Reversal. I don't care what stone reversal they have. We're not just looking at one candle, one chart. So we don't really need to assign a name to a candle on a chart. By the way, who runs the committee that assigns the names to the types of candles? I don't think it's the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew, but it is five guys in a room. So that's one thing. We're calling today a reversal. We're going to get to other charts and it'll become abundantly clear the market reversed if it hasn't been clear already. We had the miss of the gap. That's a near miss. That's weakness. Not being able to go up and fill the gap, turn around and go back down in the other direction is a signal. It's a sign of market weakness. That's the way I take it. It's not a sign of strength. Now, however, if the market miraculously turns around and is going up, whether it be Wednesday or Thursday, that gap is not the same gap that it was today. If we're going back up, the market likely won't stop at the gap next time. We'll know about that when we get there. Inside the numbers, members will have the whole thing laid out. We know the routine. Now we have another thing, which is the distance. Remember before I said the good news and bad news about the distance from the moving averages. Good news is we're above the moving averages. Bad news is how much we're above the moving averages, and therefore it's common normal market behavior for the market to come back down toward home base. Home base is the 20-period moving average, or on the flip side, the market can just chop around, go in a chop shop formation, eat some time off the clock, and let home base work its way up to price. Either way, or a combination of both, is completely feasible. We're also above the 297. 297 was important a number of times. We may get to find that again if it will one more time become important. Here's what I'll say about it. It's the same thing when I discuss the stocks. I get questions about opportunities that we have from inside the numbers. For example, a stock is coming back into a level after it already bounced. It's coming back into a target. And I'll get the questions that say, is it good again? Is the trade good again? Is that price still okay to trade? And my answer is always the same. First time, best time, second trade, not the same trade. I don't like sloppy seconds. So what am I talking about? Well, we had the 297. We gapped up. Remember that day we opened right on 297. The open was 297.10 officially, and we traded higher. Then we came back in to test 297. So we've already run that test. If they're going to run another test, I'm not convinced 297 will hold. The first time, 
different trade. The second time, sloppy seconds. Here's another thing we have to consider. There's a breakdown candle high right up here. The high is, no, it was this one. The high is 299.84. Yesterday's closing price was 299.99, above the breakdown candle high. Today, back down below. Is that a recapture? I like to classify those as recaptures. Now, we only closed above it by a few pennies. Likely, it was the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew. They know me well. They have my email address. They have my phone number. They taunt me with text messages. It doesn't work, though. I've been on to them for years. I'll mention another thing about the bear case, about the downside potential. The potential is certainly and at least 297. But here's what else I'll say. Right now, as I make this video, it just happens to be a coincidence at the time, the market is trading at 298.5, roughly, give or take a penny or so on either side. That's an important area. So what I'll say is if the market closes below 298.5, and it's a give or take, the numbers will be refined for Inside the Numbers members. But if the market opens in the morning, meaning Wednesday morning, below this price area, that's bearish. That means, at least from where I sit, lower sooner than later. What happens if the market opens above 298.5, give or take, or on that number? I'm not so convinced. I don't think that's necessarily so terrible. And then you have to look at it from a couple of different angles. It also begins to get close to 297. If 297 was important, and in a round, 297 was as important as it was, as many times as it was, wouldn't 297 be magnetic? Wouldn't it pull the market? Wouldn't it draw the market into 297? I think so. That's typically what happens. In fact, that's the way the market works. That's essentially the essence of these important numbers. Case in point, McDonald's was on our stocks on the move list this morning. However, the target price, 199.35, that's what I wanted to buy early in the day. However, the stock came into that number, in and around that number, late in the day. There's no trade at the end of the day in the last five-minute candle. However, case in point, the number was magnetic. Sometimes, most of the time, you just don't know how it's going to get there, what route it's going to take, what time it's going to get there. That's the challenge. The problem is, and this is really the problem of most traders out there, patience. Now, we're not speaking about McDonald's in particular. There's no patience with McDonald's. It came to the number at the end of the day. It's a no trade. What was inside the numbers today? I'll let you read it. You can pause the video for as long as you like. You can just take a gander. I'm not going to read it to you. I haven't shown you this in a few days, not for any other reason than I just don't want to make it a regular thing. I know it's boring for most of you. However, others want to see what's going on. They want to see if I know what I'm talking about. And just like every other trader under the sun, I'm not going to get it right all the time. Nobody gets it right all the time. However, I'm going to be right more than most. That's just the way it is. I've been doing it long enough where I have a pretty good beat on the market. Moving right along, we go into the mid-afternoon session. And you can see as you read through this, they're making an effort for the gap, but they never did fill the gap. 
As the afternoon goes on, the market starts to come apart. It starts to unravel. And it is what it was. And at the end of the day, what I'm trying to do is give guidance about where the market is and what would normally be a bullish close versus a bearish close, how you read the market, how we're reading the market. And by the way, I'm jumping around. I'm throwing around some short hops. I get it. But here's another example of what? An important number. So what's the high of the day today? The high of the day happens to be $40.89. You can see a horizontal line, a very thin one, running across the top of the screen. Let me bring back inside the numbers for a second. Here's the list of stocks on the move. We had good trades today. We had mediocre trades today. That's just the way the market rolls. Some days are going to be whoppers. Some days are going to be okay. Some days are going to be bad. We don't have that many bad days, but most days are pretty good. So... For entertainment purposes, let's take a look at a couple of the stocks that hit their numbers, good, bad, or indifferent. After McDonald's, you saw Merck on the list. We had two entries for Merck, $81.38, $80.51. You can see what happened. It's pretty evident. The first price didn't necessarily work out, but the second price did. They weren't that far apart. It's a general zone where I felt there would be garden variety market support or chart support. And guess what? There was. Let's say you bought half the position at number one, half the position at entry number two. Your average is in the middle. Therefore, it's a winning trade. It's not a tremendous trade. It's just a trade. Most of the trades where objective is a base hit. We don't know when we're going to get doubles, triples, and home runs. We're thankful when they come. Hasbro was on the list, but it jumped the target. It opened below my entry of 101.80. Therefore, I don't want the trade, but you can see the importance of this price area. The stock hung around here all day long. That shows you the importance of that number. Look where it came from. Closed yesterday at 120.07. Big haircut, 20% haircut. We nail the spot where it's going to stop falling to a T. How do we do that? Go take the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. We looked at Harley-Davidson already. You saw the number at $40.89 when we saw stocks on the move flash on the screen. How do you do that? I get asked all the time, very carefully. UPS was an opportunity. 113.08 was the target entry. You can see what happened. The rest is history. That's a quality day trade right there. Travelers was another one. We had three potential entries or three entries on Travelers this morning. It opened well below the first one, below the second. It hit the third. It was melting down close to the opening bell. That's the reason I don't change the numbers when that happens. Why don't I do that? Because I know people log in, they take notes on what's there, and then they go about their business, and they're not necessarily refreshing the screen at 929 just to double-check that anything changed. I'm sensitive to that, so I really don't make any changes 15 or 20 minutes before the opening bell. Once in a while, I'll add an entry, being a second or third entry, or I'll add another opportunity to the list, but I'll notify traders that I did that in the notes section. Net-net, you can see that at least the third area in between the third and the second area for a majority of the day was at least supportive of the stock. However, there was a lot of selling pressure out here on this stock today, and it just couldn't hold up. There's your daily chart. That's ugly. That's a breakdown. Look at this. What is that? 
It's a bearish wedge pattern, a bear flag pattern, a bear something pattern. And we look at these and we say, these play out to the downside and the ones that are flipped around play out to the upside more often than they don't. That's all we really need to know. Keeping the bull moving around the horn. Taking a look at Camp IWM, what do we have? At the end of the day, we don't have anything. We have a market that was basically flat. We have a doji candle. Do we read into this? No, we don't. I explain why we don't in the course. Not to say the market won't come down, but I'm not reading into that candle. Again, go back to look at the course and you'll understand why. It's all about location. But what else do we have in front of us? There's a couple of things. We have to understand what the market is telling us. A, it couldn't get above the breakdown candle high. Fair enough. The market hasn't been able to do that, but we are above this downsloping trend line. We've talked about this ad nauseum for not only days, but we've talked about this downsloping trend line on and off for months. It's important until it's not. So here's the situation that we have in the IWM. It's an interesting read. And here it is, right inside my head. This is what jumps out of the chart at me. Breakdown candle high, can't get through. Going sideways for at least the second day in a row, did not close below yesterday's low, are above or they're above the downsloping trend line. There's a gap down there. Coming back to fill the gap would be normal garden variety market behavior. Net, net, more reasons to come down than go up. That's the way I see the IWM at present. However, of note, it was flat, not down. Relative strength. Relative strength can't be ignored. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Let's do a comparison. We're back to the spider chart, but I want to do a comparison of hourly charts. Might as well take a look at a 120-minute chart as well. So we're going to compare the position on the chart of the SPY and the IWM. So what I would say is this is important right here. So if we can stay above the 50-period moving average, above the opening range low from the other day, the market's okay. There's nothing wrong because we're above 297. It's bullish on the chart, above all the moving averages. This is short-term stuff. Coming back down to test the moving average or fill this gap down here is not a big deal. It feels like a big deal while it's happening, but in the big scheme of things, it's not a big deal. But the short-term trend is down, not up in the SPY right now. The short-term trend. Remember that daily chart, pseudo-reversal candle, we'll call it. I just made that up. Here's the 240-minute chart. That's a reversal. You took out the previous 240-minute, three 240-minute candles. And we came down to an important area, the opening range low from the other day. Here's the hourly chart of the IWM. It looks different. It looks different to me anyway. We have a move up, a big move up over that downsloping trend line. And this is basically a bullish consolidation that's setting up to make another run higher. That's just the way I see it until this changes. How does it change? You get an hourly close below this low at 153.74, which is also coinciding somewhat within pennies of the breakup candle low, which is 153.90. You close an hour or two below that stuff, and that's trouble. You stay above that stuff, and the market is still bullish. 
This is why we look at each market independent of one another. You really never know what you're going to find. What about the 120-minute chart? This one looks better than the hourly chart. Same move higher, same bull flag pattern, same routine. There's no reason to believe that this is not an operative bull flag pattern until it changes. How does it change? Close below this low here. Same thing on all the charts. It's the same low, 153.74. Now, what's going on here? What's the story down at the transportation department? Finishing again on the highs. Is this a canary in the coal mine that it was the trick trap fool and frustrate crew shaking out the Johnny-come-latelys in the regular market, the spiders? And then over here in the transportation market, nobody's paying attention and it's up almost 1%, almost 100 bucks. Where are they headed? To fill the gap. What gap? The gap in the SPY that they missed today. But they don't look like they're going to miss it in the transports. Down day in the S&P, NASDAQ, and the Dow. However, the IWM is flat and the transports are up. Who's fooling who? One of two things is going to happen. Either the leading indicators are going to catch up on the downside with the rest of the market, or it was the trick trap fool and frustrate crew, and these are the canary in the coal mine. How do you know which one's taking place? We'll know in the morning. Inside the numbers members will know in the morning. We'll have the numbers. We'll have the schematic. How about the financials? Down eight cents, down less than one third of 1%. Really don't gain any new information from the financials. However, they're certainly not leading to the downside, but closing below yesterday's low, even on an hourly chart, will certainly put the gap down here into view. The gap is at 28.11. Looks more like the IWM than it doesn't. That's the IWM, and that's the financials. Now, it's not in the same position on the chart, but the last couple of days, it's giving you a similar look. The SMH smoked down 3.5%. The SMH is a good leading indicator of the tech sector. So we have to pay attention. It's a puzzle piece. It's certainly on the table. What is all this telling us? We have some markets down, other markets up. We have divergences. What's the likely story when we have divergences? They stick around for a while, then they clear up. So one set of markets will catch up with another. So either the stock market, meaning the S&P 500, the Dow, the NASDAQ, they're going to turn around and they're going to go back in the other direction, in the northern direction. That's if, in fact, the leading indicators, my two favorite market leading indicators, the IWM and the transports, if they're telling the correct story, that's what's going to happen. However, the other side of that is if, in fact, the divergences have to clear up and resolve themselves on the downside, meaning the transports and the IWM have to turn around and catch up with the S&P, Dow, and NASDAQ in the other direction, that's obviously the flip side. But here's what we do know. One of those two scenarios will happen, and it will happen sooner than later. Whenever we have divergences, it generally tells us one thing. There's a bigger than a bread box move coming sooner than later. All right, so this video is getting a little bit overdone, overcooked maybe on the long side. But I did say that I was going to go over some other stuff, so it looks like we're going to have to split it up. I'll do some stuff, and then we'll just keep going, and I'll do more stuff in other videos. I mentioned the pot stocks earlier, so we've got to cover at least two or three of the pot stocks. 
So here's Canopy. Here's one of them. 20 bucks. It's struggling to stay above 20 bucks. It's got to get up and go. Otherwise, it's going to head down south again. This is essentially the same thing that we look at all the time. This is a bear wedge pattern. Unless we can get above that breakdown candle high, which comes in at 22.32, that'll be somewhat of a cap on canopy. What about the long view? 200 period moving average on the weekly chart. So if you just give it some time and you can get over this weekly bogey and we'll call it 23.17, you got to get over 23 and change on a weekly close in order to get this thing moving again and put in a real bottom. It's not a real bottom yet. Looks like a bottom, acting like a bottom in a place where a bottom would likely come in, but we need it to prove itself over time. Again, 20 bucks is a fair number. Anything below 20 bucks seemed like a reasonable buy in and around this moving average here, 1943. But what we haven't seen is a real, real powerful surge type rally away from this area. Maybe it's just going to take some more time. And keep in mind, they've fallen out of favor. Nobody cares about the pot stocks anymore because they're not going up every day. Once you find Canopy at 30 bucks, they'll get real interested again, but we're talking about it around 20. Same story with Tilray. It's got to get over this breakdown candle high. Until that happens, it's really prone to moving lower once again, maybe back in and below that $20 level. What was the low before? The low is 2020. So again, it's playing with 20 bucks. It's not really showing a big appetite to the buyers out there. Or maybe I said that reversed. The buyers aren't showing a big appetite for Tilray. Can you get any information from the weekly chart? Absolutely not. You really don't have enough information on a weekly chart yet, enough data that's showing up to get any real significant information from the weekly chart. So we'll just ignore it for now. Other than the fact that they're testing the old lows. So if those old lows give way, where's it going? Nobody knows. I have some ideas. I have my ways. Kronos, same story. You had that spike up a few days ago. It was an after-hours situation. I believe you had a couple of 1 million share blocks or at least 2 million shares traded in two segments after hours last week one day. That seemed to draw in who? Johnny Come Lately. Johnny Come Lately hops on the next morning. The institutions sell into Johnny Come Lately, take their profit, stocks back down. It's one of the older tricks in the book. We don't have anything on Kronos. There's nothing you can do with this. It's hanging around near the lows. You need something tangible. We need something to sink our teeth into with these stocks. How about Boeing? I had some requests to cover Boeing. Boeing's been getting smashed, taken out behind the woodshed, smoked. Whatever adjective you'd like to use, most of them work. What's the 332? That was one of the prices yesterday. Not today, but yesterday for Boeing. You can see where it is today. That wasn't a swing trade. That was a day trade. There were two prices on Boeing yesterday. One was lower. One was 332.47. Look where it is today. Pretty nice move off that price. Here's the question. Is Boeing going lower or is Boeing going higher? We can't really get a good sense from the daily chart. So what we really need to do is go over to a bigger chart. We need more data. Different picture all of a sudden. Weekly chart below three out of four moving averages 
had a pretty terrible week last week, closed below this breakup candle low. That's interesting. That's negative. Here we are at another one. We're struggling to stay above this breakup candle low, which is 328.88. Funny how this works, isn't it? So this is weak. And really, if the defense doesn't come out and play here, then you'll go right to here, which is right underneath 300 and on and on and on. So that's the story with Boeing. What does the repair job look like in Boeing from a long-term perspective? 375 for starters. Got to get up there and you got to start closing daily and weekly above 375 or it's going lower. How about the monthly chart? What do we have? We have this big move lower, right? That's a flagpole. And then we've been going sideways back and forth for months. How many months is that going on? What happens in the next month or so? Do we have a recovery or another leg lower? I had XHB on the list. There were some traders out there that want me to review the home builders. This is obviously bullish in an uptrend. Where is the resistance? 46 and a quarter, 46 and a half. It shouldn't just waltz right through that price zone. Doesn't make it a short, but it's a target to take profit. How about Facebook? A lot of requests out there for Facebook. Facebook's in trouble on the chart. Maybe in trouble from a regulatory perspective also, but it's certainly in trouble on the chart. This is an ugly day. This is a broken type of situation. We just closed below a breakup candle low. That was 183.66. That's Facebook's way of indicating that the likely scenario going forward is not to the north side, but in the southern direction. Now, there are certainly a lot of owners and defenders of Facebook. You have a gap here. You have a 200-period moving average. You got stuff going on down here. There's going to be support for Facebook. What does that weekly chart look like? Does it look like one of those bearish wedge kind of things? Yeah, I would say until and unless it gets at least above and stays up here, 190, that's the bogey. In fact, I've had questions over the last several weeks about Facebook and I kept repeating the same answer. It's got to get above 190 to do anything. If it can't, it's in trouble. Facebook got one in the face today, did Facebook. I think that's about everything I wanted to and intended to discuss tonight, so we will give it a wrap here. It's a good place to pull the ripcord. I first want to thank each and every one of you. I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.